Um, I'm think. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say bedtime again? So I'm really uh, grateful for the New City family. Uh, Dana and I are new to the church, and it's just been amazing to see uh, the community that we're now a part of. I'm thankful for my family and my sense of community. I'm thankful for our four children that opened our eyes to the world. Spending time with my family. I'm thankful for being known and, and belonging. I'm thankful for my home, both the structure and the people in it. I'm thankful for coffee. Um, and caffeine and any sorts of that. We dated once and now, you know, the second time around, um, we ended up getting married, so I would say second chances. Grace, do-overs. I'm thankful for my family. My family. Food and family and friends. Right now I'm really feeling thankful for roots and relationships. I'm grateful that somehow in our weak weakness that God's strength is perfected in and through us, and that He takes our meager offerings and multiplies them and somehow uses them for our good and, and His glory. I'm grateful for finding beauty in every season. Food, uh, my brother. I'm thankful for new perspectives and new friendships. I am truly thankful that I found God. Um, it hasn't been that long ago that happened for us, so it's it's just been an amazing journey. Uh, I'm thankful for God's faithfulness and provision. Yeah, I think for me it's, it's fulfillment. Grace. I'm really thankful that the Lord allowed me to be born here in Charlotte, and I love this city, and I'm very thankful to be here. Just grateful for um, this season and to be able to lead together. The supernatural relationships that God has developed through this through this forum that the church has given us through, uh, through youth ministry. I'm thankful for friendships. But I think really what I'm most thankful for in life is just people. I'm thankful for really good stories. That we have a roof over our backs and clothes. Redemption. Our family just takes care of us. Being able to see the faithfulness of God across the generations and my dad, um, before he died about eight years ago, he, um, spent about the last 18 months of his life knowing Jesus and following him. And then on the other end, I now have three teens in my house. And so we're starting to see what life is gonna look like and what choices they're gonna make. And I think we're starting to see that God is faithful in spite of how we parent or the mistakes we make, he's just faithful. Well, good morning, New City Church. Grateful to have all of you here today, and for those of you who are on our Idlewild and the South Park campus from the Matthews campus, we're especially glad to have you. We had a storm roll through early in Charlotte this morning and knocked out power to our Matthews campus, so the more the merrier for our, our Idlewild and South Park campuses today. We're grateful to be together as one family, as a church to worship, and for those of you who are watching us online, we're grateful to have you joining us today for worship as well. Today also marks the beginning of Advent. We're joining churches across the world in the celebration of Advent. It's a tradition to prepare our hearts for the arrival of Christ. And so we've created a guide for our New City family to walk through together. And I want to encourage you to grab one on whatever campus you're on today, to grab one before you leave. If you're watching online, you could also download it digitally. It's a, it's a guide to help us walk through together as a church family, some scriptures, 
uh, devotional, to gather together, to light a candle, to share prayer together, and make room in our hearts for the greatest gift that God has given to us, the gift of his son, Jesus. So tonight begins Advent. I encourage you to grab a guide and gather as a, as a, a community group, as families, uh, in your apartment complexes or homes, wherever you gather, uh, be together, come around the scriptures, um, and concentrate on what the Lord uh, is doing and has done in this Advent season. Today we're going to finish our series, Giving Up. We started a series a few weeks ago entitled Giving Up, and we talked about the fact that we want to give back to God. We want to give up to God what we tend to hold most dear. And there's a lot of things we could probably talk about, right? But we've talked about uh, time, and we've talked about influence, and last week we talked about giving up our finances, our money. And today we're going to finish our Giving Up series by talking about giving up thanks, appropriately on Thanksgiving weekend to give up Thanks. And I'm very thankful this morning, among many things, uh, to welcome back to New City Church Jimmy and Susie Callum and for Jimmy to preach the message this morning. And I want to start by asking you uh, to welcome them back and to show them your honor and appreciation for them. So, yeah. You're awesome. cutting into my preaching time, so I, I want you to do that. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Jimmy. Chris. Um, so excited for the word that, that he has to share. Um, was here at the first service, obviously. It's a, a terrific word. I want to encourage you to take notes and lean into the message today. But before we get to the message, I want to talk a little bit about what God's doing uh, in Jimmy and Susie's life and what he's calling them to in this next season. They've, it's hard to believe it's been 11 months has been. since yeah. we stood on this stage together last and Jimmy and Susie have had some great time to rejuvenate, to be with their family, to be with friends. And now the Lord is gearing up in their hearts this new thing, this new adventure that he's calling you to um, called Tandem Spirituality. It's going to be uh, their ministry to bless other leaders and churches and organizations with the great gifts that God's given to them. So I wanted to just share for a couple of minutes uh, what Jimmy and Susie are going to be up to and just give Jimmy a chance to, to share with you, uh, the New City family, what God's calling you to next. Thanks, Chris. It has been a great season these uh, last 11 months, and there has been time for rest and all that. But Susie and I have felt for a long time, I, you know, y'all you kept using the word I was retiring. I kept using <laughs> the word transitioning because yeah. we don't think God was done with us, but we thought that God was yeah. putting us into a new season. Yeah. And that new season has a name now. It's called Tandem Spirituality. Mm -hmm. And um, we are supporting the church through cultivating healthy relationships to impact the kingdom of God. That's our heart. That's yeah. our desire. We always have believed, always will believe in the local church. And um, for us, it's unique that we want to pour into the lives of leaders, staff, pastors, but also elders, leaders in the church, because this is what we believe, that a church is only as healthy as its leadership is healthy. And, and so often um, in the world that I've lived in and that Chris lives in now and that, that, that others live in, it's a lonely place and it's mm -hmm. difficult sometimes to know where, where can I go to talk about what my heart wrestles with. Well, Tandem is really all about providing that space and so um, we're now officially launched. There's a website, www.tandemspirituality.com and we'd invite you to go to that website and you can see the things that God's gonna have us do. We're just getting started, so don't look for a lot of past things we've done, um, but look forward to what's coming in the future. So uh, for those who wanna know more about it, who, uh, because this isn't just for local churches, I mean, that's, no. that's your heartbeat, but all, for, for leaders in different organizations, even in your businesses, um, how they can know more about Tandem and, and get connected with sure. you. Sure, and, and, and they can go to the web, www.tandemspirituality.com, 
Um, and, and here's what we love about it, what Susan and I love about it. New City is our home church. And, and New City is with us and supports us and is sending us out as a trusted partner of New City. And we're grateful for that. And we'd invite you to go to the web. You can check it out. And you can, um, there's email addresses there. You can contact us yeah. if you want to contact us. Awesome. So, and the, the website that you're seeing now on your screens is live. So you can visit that. Maybe not during the sermon, but afterwards. Uh, you can visit it. Uh, maybe take a, a shot of the screens here. Um, if you want to save it that way, it's on the app. And we'll send it out digitally to you. But want you to know about this, want you to refer other friends and, and folks that you might be in circles with um, that you can share. Um, I think we would all agree that we have been so blessed and are blessed uh, by the ministry from the Callum family. And we're so excited as a church now to be able to bless other churches and other organizations, other leaders uh, with the gift that we've experienced um, for so many years. And I uh, just want to say to Jimmy and Susie in front of all of you that we, we wouldn't be here right now with, without Jimmy and Susie. Um, our friendship with them, our relationship with them, um, how the Lord used them in our lives. Um, so we're, we're so grateful and so humbled um, to now be able to, to, to stand with you, you. Uh, in partnership. And we, just so you know, um, not that we're competitive, but we were the first church, New City Church, to partner with Tandem. And we wanted to be first in line because uh, we wanted to, to show them in a very tangible way, but also today in a and as we pray together uh, for them, but in a, in a spiritual way that we stand with you. Thank you. And uh, we're your biggest fans, and we're going to benefit as a church, uh, continue to benefit from, from their ministry. Jimmy will be here some in 2020 preaching, uh, and they'll be around. As they said, New City is their, is their church home. But so excited to be able to commission and send them out as well to churches in our city and around the world to benefit from just the goodness and the gifts that God's blessed them with. So love you guys and, and bless you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I want to do one final thing before you preach. Okay. Uh, I want to pray for Jimmy and Susie and for Tandem Spirituality. And in the early church, uh, when they would send folks out, uh, they would lay their hands on them. And we can't all get around today and do that. But I want to invite you to extend your hands from wherever you are today, even for those of you watching online, as long as you're not driving. Just extend your hands. Uh, <laughs> extend your hands. And we want to pray over Jimmy and Susie and Tandem Spirituality and commission them out uh, to what God has called them to, uh, not only in this church, in the city, uh, but around the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of Jimmy and Susie Callum. I thank you personally for this man that is standing beside me who is my friend, mentor, my brother. Thank you for all that he has meant and does mean to me and to so many other people. And today it's our joy, it's our, it's our pure joy together as a church family to pray over them and to commission them to go to other churches, other leaders, other organizations and bless them in the same way that we have been so richly blessed. And I wanna pray specifically this morning for the pastor, for the pastor's wife, for uh, the, the ministry couple, for the church, the organization that is hurting this morning that's lonely, that's maybe disappointed or bewildered or frustrated, I want to pray that Jimmy and Susie and Tandem Spirituality could, by your grace, be the answer to some of those prayers that are being prayed this morning. And we want to pray for Jimmy and Susie that you would give them grace upon grace from the fullness of who you are, Jesus. And we do that today in your name, commissioning them. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Well, it's good to be here, and um, I, I want to 
thank Chris and the elders at New City for the opportunity to be here and to be able to open God's word with you. And it's a real privilege. And um, we're in a series called Giving Up. Giving up influence, giving up time, giving up money. And today, giving up thanksgiving or gratitude. And if you've got your Bibles with you today, would you turn with me to the Psalms, to the 118th Psalm. And if you want to use your device, use your, your smart device. If you don't have a Bible, any of the campuses, we have Bibles provided for you. And we take, I encourage you to take that and follow along as, you, um, as we study together God's Word. And we talk about this subject of giving up thanksgiving. And as you know, this is no surprise to anybody, we just celebrated thanksgiving. The one mandated day every year that you have to say something you're thankful for, right? That's Thanksgiving. I think it's a law, actually, that you must find one thing on Thanksgiving to say thanks for. And many of you probably sat around tables on Thanksgiving, and the question was posed something like this, what are you thankful for today? And so you went around the table, and you said, this is what we're thankful for. When the girls were growing up, we went through a season in our home where we would sit around the dinner table and um, we would say to the girls, now, you know, mom and dad, we don't always get things right. So what's one thing that we do that bugs you? Because parents, whether you realize it or not, you do bug your children. And, and what's one thing you're thankful for about your mom and dad? So we were doing this one time and one of our girls said when it came to her mom, uh, it bugs me the socks she makes me wear. I honestly don't remember what the problem was with the socks, but there was a problem with the socks and they bugged her. And then I said quickly, well, then what, what's one thing you're thankful to your mom for? And she said, I, I'm thankful for the way mom bakes cookies. There was dead silence at our table. And one of her sisters said, but mom doesn't bake cookies. <laughs> to which she replied, I know, but I had to say something. I think that's sometimes the way we feel when it comes to Thanksgiving, right? What, what does Thanksgiving to God look like to you? When, when you think about giving thanks to God, is there this deep feeling that flows from deep within your being that, that you, you just can't wait to express your thanksgiving to God? Or is it what you have to say? So you come into a worship service like this and we sing songs of thanksgiving and praise. Well, you got to sing them, right? Because those are the words that are up on the screen. But, but what if you don't feel that in your heart? What, what if life's unfolding in a manner that if you're really honest, it doesn't leave you thankful at all? What, what if what's unfolding in your life right now are relational tensions within your life? What if it's some kind of medical diagnosis or even worse sometimes, a medical uncertainty because you just don't know what the problem is? You don't feel like giving up thanks, do you? What if it's family chaos? What if it's job loss? And the list goes on and on and on of the things that can rob us any given day of our lives of feeling thankful. And the definition that we've used in this series of giving up is this. It's giving back what we hold dear. Giving back to God what we hold dear. Now, that makes sense with influence. That makes perfect sense with time. That makes real sense with money. I'm not quite sure how that makes sense with giving. Except, what is it that you hold on to so dear 
that keeps you from giving back to God gratitude and thanksgiving. And I want to suggest it's this. It's the demanding spirit that life works the way I want it to. See, see, that's the real problem with Thanksgiving sometimes in the midst of life. And that's the real problem when it comes to my life unraveling in ways I wish it wouldn't unravel. The idea of giving back thanks to God. No, no, no. I'm holding on to my, because I want to control my life. And quite frankly, I don't like the way God's unfolding my life. So what's it look like to give back thanks? The 118th Psalm begins this way. Look at verses 1 and 2 with me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. This is obviously a song that was sung at a festive time, most likely Passover. And so the song leader begins by saying, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, here's a response His steadfast love endures forever. So we're going to do it again. We're going to make a change. Instead of Israel, we're going to say new city. All right? We're not not scratching that out in Scripture, by the way. We're just going to do it this morning. So, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let new city say. Yeah. His steadfast love endures forever. See, this is where thanksgiving begins. This is the foundation, if you will, of where thanksgiving begins. The the Hebrew word for the steadfast love of the Lord is hesed. It's a love that is based upon covenant commitment, his covenant commitment. A, A love that is loyal and faithful. Even when God's people sinned, that includes you and me, he was faithful in loving us. Steadfast love, listen to this, is an integral part of God's character. It's not just the way he loves us. It's who he is. And so if you want to find the foundation, if you want to find where Thanksgiving begins, it begins with this idea of the steadfast love of God. Lately, I've had a lot of time to be thinking and musing about the steadfast love of God. Well, not, not really musing, okay? I don't even use that word. I don't know if you use that word. You know, here's what it means, contemplative. It means thoughtfully meditating. And, and here's the picture that comes to my mind when you find somebody musing. The picture is this. I'm sitting in a tall, straight-back chair in front of a roaring fire, smoking my pipe with my robe on. <laughs> kind of a G.K. Chesterton, C.S. Lewis look. The only problem is none of those things are true. I don't own a robe. I don't smoke a pipe, and our fireplace is gas logs that never roar. <laughs> so I'm not musing, I'm just thinking about it. The steadfast love of God. My, my love for the Lord and for other people, if I'm honest, is so fickle. Some days I'm hot, some days I'm cold. Some days I'm thankful, some days I grumble. If someone does something to irritate me, My affection for them dries up. And if I'm honest with you, that also includes the Lord. There are days when I don't necessarily feel deeply in love because I don't like the way my life's unfolding. But incredibly, what the psalmist said is this, that God's love for me, his love for you, is steadfast. It's immovable. It's unchanging. 
Similar thoughts that Jeremiah expresses in the book of Lamentations where he says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Think about that. Let me read it again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can you, can you hear that verse? Can you read that verse until you really do believe that? I, I got to admit, that verse is a hard one for me to believe. That God's steadfast love for me never ceases because there are times in my life and the way that I behave and the way and the things that I think about that he has every right to cause it to cease. But his mercies never come to an end. I can't outrun, I can't outsin God's steadfast love and mercy. I cannot escape and neither can you the faithfulness of God. See, I don't know what the rest of the day holds. Neither do you. Oh, you think you know, and I think I know how my day is going to unfold. I don't know what next week's going to hold. You think you do, and I think I do. But the truth of the matter is, is I don't know what the road ahead looks like for any of us. But I do know this. As you and I walk with the Lord, the road ahead, listen, I know, I can guarantee it's littered with this. It's littered with his steadfast love and his faithfulness and his new mercies every day. Guaranteed. Back to Psalm 118, because that's exactly where Thanksgiving begins, with his steadfast love, which undergirds all of life. So what would it look like, instead of seeing the road ahead that you and I walk littered with disappointment and littered with unfilled desires, if I saw the steadfast love, the mercies, the faithfulness, the grace of God every step of the way? That's where Thanksgiving begins. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast, unchanging, hased, covenantal love for you and me never ceases. It endures. Now, this is just a side note, but I think it's an important one. But believing in the steadfast love of God and his goodness and giving thanks doesn't rule out space in my life and in your life for confusion for struggle, and for lament. This, this is not a verse that you put over your life that goes, happy, happy, joy, joy every day of my life. No. You see, because lament, which by the way, one third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Lament is a statement of faith rooted in what I believe. This is what I believe, that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. It's rooted in what I believe standing between the pain of my life and the promise that he's made. That's what lament's all about. So in the midst of giving back thanks, don't, don't believe that that means that I, I, there's no place for me to have any kind of sorrow. There's no place for me to struggle. There's no place for me to be confused with what God is doing because there is a space for that. And it stands between the reality of my life on any given day and the promise that he made and the promise that I believe in is that his steadfast love endures forever. But there's a choice we have to make. Look at verse 24, if you will. There's a choice that we have to make. This, again, is a familiar verse to many of you, probably. It says this. It states a reality, and then it gives us a choice. Here's the reality. This is the day the Lord has made. Fact. 
reality. Here comes the choice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The NLT says it this way, we will rejoice and be glad in it. So there's the reality. This is the day God has made. And here comes the choice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Similar thoughts from the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 where he says this, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, but watch this shift. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Who makes that choice? I do. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is his will for you. And therein is the choice. It's either going to be God's will or mine. A choice we make all the time. Every day when you and I get up, we constantly make choices. Some of them little, some of them maybe bigger and more consequential of whether I'm going to do it my way or I'm going to do it God's way. Doing life my way on my terms or trusting God that this is his world and somehow my story fits into his world. Verse 24 of Psalm 118 is a verse that was used constantly to stop complaining by kids and adults, by the way. It's a hot, humid summer day in Charlotte, 95 degrees, 95% humidity. Oh, it's so hot. It's so miserable. Hey, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in you. It's pouring down rain. It's raining so hard you can't go outside and play even 18 holes of golf. And you go, hey, this is the day the Lord's made. Rejoice. But I really wanted to go outside and play. Or you have to spend the day with relatives. This is the day the Lord has made, and you will rejoice and be glad. In fact, we even emphasize it. This is the day the Lord has made. You will rejoice and be glad in it. Every generation of Christians has learned that whining feels like an affront against the sovereignty and the goodness of God. And so this verse gets used to stop people from whining. <laughs> but here's the bottom line. It's whether I'm going to choose to do it his way or my way. Go back to verses 8 and 9 in Psalm 118. Because the psalmist says it so well here. It's, listen, it's better to take refuge in the Lord, listen, than to trust in man. And that includes me. It's, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in my own abilities, in my own desires, in my own ways. Verse 9, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. That's more of a, of a global macro world. It's better to trust in the Lord than the politics of the day, than the world situation of the day. Placing my trust in the character of God in the midst of oftentimes the confusing complexities of life. That's the choice, folks. And, and that's what I have to give up if I'm going to give thanks to him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust his character. And I'm going to give up what I hold dear, which is running my own life. So, so how do we give back what we hold dear? To, to a God who's sovereign and good, but oftentimes confusing. And, and here's the question I have. Is it possible there's a bigger reason than the today for that? 
I, I think there is. Uh, go back to verse 24 in Psalm 118. It, it is a verse that adorns walls and homes, probably some of your homes. It's the basis for songs. It's quoted when people throw a verse at someone who's struggling with their life and who's going through a tough time. Hey, rejoice in the Lord today. It's a day he made. But we rip it out of the context for what the psalmist intended. Psalm 118 is part of psalms that begin in one, Psalm 113 and go to 118. They're called the Hillel Psalms, Psalms of Praise. And they were sung at festive occasions in Israel and almost always at Passover. And, and in the context of the psalm, there, there's one day, one specific day that's coming into view here. It's the day of salvation. Look at verses 21, 22, and 23. I thank you, there's the praise, there's the thanksgiving. I thank you that you have answered me, listen, and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see, it's bigger than today. The day that he's talking about is the day that God became our salvation. And he makes it really clear, the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. Does that sound at all familiar? Oh yeah, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 6-8, through 8, Peter says, that's Jesus. And in the Gospels, in Jesus, in Luke chapter 20, and verse 17, references this same verse from the Psalms, talking about himself. And in the day that I'm rejoicing in, it's all God's doing, it's the day of my salvation. Spurgeon said it this way, the whole gospel day is the day of God's making and its blessings come to us through our Lord having been placed as the head of the corner. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And then he asks this question, what else can we do? Right? This grateful, deep rejoicing in our hearts that each new day is a new day of God's salvation for me. So whether you came to know Jesus years ago or whether it's a brand new experience for you, every single day is a new day of your salvation. Why? Because his steadfast love endures forever. His death and resurrection have opened up a new and living way for us. That's the day he's talking about. So in the midst of every day, your everyday life, my everyday life, with its ups and its downs, on the days when Thanksgiving is hard to give up. And let's be honest, there are days when it's going to be really hard to give up Thanksgiving. Can we remember the stake that's driven deep into the solid rock that perhaps brings what is a very quiet but very firm foundational thanks to God? Because he saved me. He saved you. Uh, thanks for that particular day that forever changed my life because of Jesus. God's greatest act on my behalf. Edram Mote was a pastor, songwriter, lived in the 1800s. He wrote, he wrote a hymn, wrote about 100 hymns, but one of them is the one that he's both known for. You know the words of this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's it. So when I look to give back thanks, I, I, I have the foundation of his 
enduring, never-ending love for me, and I have that day, that day, when Jesus died on a cross and three days later rose from the grave, the day of my salvation, which God did, it's marvelous in that day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I love the way the psalmist closed the psalm. Verses 28 and 29, he closes it how he began it. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. He's God, I'm not. I'll learn to trust him and not myself. He's good. It doesn't feel like it today, Jim, but he's good. And can you drive the stake into something solid that doesn't move with the whims of the day that he loved you enough to provide salvation and that his love is never failing? And if I can rest there, then give thanks. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for who you are and I thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you for the truth that we find in your word. Father, you loved us you love us still with a steadfast, never-ending love. And Father, you have placed us in this world with a choice. We can give up what we hold dear, which is running our own world. And if we do, we give it back to you. The one who provided that one day when salvation became ours through Jesus. But who controls every day. And whether we understand it or we don't, Father, we're thankful, we're grateful to you for who you are, for your love, and for the salvation you provided. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.